0: Carol Crane was in first grade when she baffled her teacher. It was in math class, and Carol asked a question that had never been asked before. The teacher had displayed a row of numbers on the wall and was talking about them when that mystifying question came from Carol's lips. Why is the number five yellow and all the other numbers are green? Her question didn't make sense and her teacher found it disturbing. Is there something abnormal with this child? Should we be providing her with special classroom support? You see, all the numbers were actually the same colour. This experience wasn't a one-off event and so not wanting to be different, Carol learned to keep her mouth shut about such things. At home, Carol would speak about the doorbell ringing in triangles or a dog barking as a circle with dots around it. Today, Carol knows she is blessed with synesthesia, a condition that affects about one in 25,000 people. Synesthetes uh, tend to see sounds, smell colours and taste shapes. When a synesthete hears the sound of a truck backing up, beep, 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 she might see the beeps as a series of dots. In a string of numbers, the fives may be experienced as a different colour from the twos. Circles smell different from squares. Sour foods sound different from sweet foods. People like Carol are hotwired to join senses together and it really is a psychological phenomenon. Interestingly, the condition is seven times more common among artists, novelists and poets. Uh, people with this ability seem to experience the world with more intensity and they make unexpected connections between the things they see, touch, smell, taste and hear all of which, of course, is a huge asset to creative people. So, for example, Beyonce, uh, Billy Joel and Billy Eilish are synesthetes, as were composers like Duke Ellington, Liszt and Wagner, and the artists Degas and Hockney. Then there's the prophet Isaiah. He experienced God in a wild and multi-sensory way. He describes it in the old testament lesson in the year that king Azariah died i saw the lord seraphs were in attendance above him each had six wings and with two they covered their faces with two they covered their feet and with two they flew and one called to another and said holy 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 is the lord of hosts the whole earth is full of his glory the pivots of the thresholds shook and the house filled with smoke. I said, woe is me, I am lost. Then one of the seraphs flew to me holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. The seraph touched my mouth with it and said, now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed and your sin is blotted out. He saw seraphs, heard voices, He felt walls shake. He smelt smoke. He even tasted burning coal. All of Isaiah was involved in this worship experience. Uh, Now, a quick tomato-tomato thing. Uh, I'm used to saying the prophet's name uh, Isaiah, but today I'm going to say Isaiah, uh, just to distinguish him from the king in the same passage, whose name is Uzziah. Uh, Okay, Um, two peoples divided by a common language. One of the glories of being Episcopal uh, is that we try to do that same multi-sensory thing when we worship. Uh, At least we do when pandemics don't stop us meeting. And that can be our experience moving forward. Our worship is designed for all of us. We listen to heavenly music. We look at vibrant colours and stunning architecture. We touch when we share the peace. Uh, We taste bread and wine and we smell flowers. And when you add the Holy Spirit, our great conductor of worship, we have all the parts we need for a deep and transforming experience of God each week. Maybe not the vision that Isaiah had, but still pretty life-changing when we do it week in and week out. All that's stopping me from that experience is my lack of desire. Sometimes I don't expect to meet God, and to be honest, I'm not sure I always want to, not if Isaiah is anything to go by. His experience of the three in one God is not just dynamic and life changing, it's painful and frightening. I've never touched my lips with a burning coal, but it has to be agony. I've never been in an earthquake, but it must be terrifying. I've never heard the booming voice of God calling me to be a missionary, but that must be intimidating. And yet we know that God is love. We know that this Trinity Sunday, Father, Son and Holy Spirit dwell together in perfect unity and total harmony. We know that God's love for us is total and his will for our lives is to bless us. It's important to take note of when Isaiah had this life-changing experience of God. It was in the year that King Uzziah died. That was the year the prophet saw the Lord, the year that King Uzziah died. It was a traumatic year. The year King Uzziah died, an anxious year, a worrying year, a year that lifted the nation out of its warm, comfortable snooze and shook it awake. The year that King Uzziah died was a year of mourning, disorientation, and troubling transition. The year that King Uzziah died was 742 BC. The year that King Uzziah died, the nation of Judah mourned a good king, one of only eight kings to be called good in the entire history books of the Hebrew scriptures. Under Uzziah, Judah enjoyed military success and material prosperity. It was a time of security and national blessing. It was also a long time. Isaiah became king at the age of 16 and reigned for 52 years. Not quite Elizabeth II standards, but getting up there for pre-modern times. He came to the throne after the death of his father, Amaziah, who had also been a good and righteous king and had himself reigned for 27 years. And before him, another righteous monarch, Aziah's grandfather, Joash, had reigned for 40 years. So in the year that King Uzziah died the nation was plunged into uncertainty. Judah had enjoyed 119 years of stability under three beloved and accomplished rulers. No one could remember a time of national crisis or suffering. Let me say that again because to our ears that is simply shocking. There was no one alive who experienced national suffering or crisis. In the year that King Uzziah died, questions were asked. What will happen now? Is his son strong enough to protect us, wise enough to lead us? Will our glory days turn to restless nights? Will our enemies take advantage of the old king's death and invade us? Is God's blessing still upon us, or is this a sign that we are forsaken? And at this moment of national grief and uncertainty, God invades his own temple. Yes, I am still reigning. Yes, the future is good. I have a grand and unimaginable plan for you. And yes, Isaiah, I am setting you apart for a magnificent task. So tell me, Isaiah, whom shall I send and who will go for us? To say that we too live in times of uncertainty is possibly uh, the least controversial thing I could say. Like cicadas emerging from 17 years of deep sleep, we feel hopelessly equipped for the new era that is just dawning. Whatever our politics, our nationality, our culture, our values, our identities, we agree on one thing. Uncertainty is the hallmark of our age. Governments around the world teeter, markets dive then rocket, workers, parents and every thoughtful engaged citizen frets about where we are going and who we're becoming. In a way it's always been like that. But now the trinity of the digital revolution, the end of common values and shared truth and the pandemic are causing society to change at bewildering speed. Fueled by dizzying technological innovation and the end of faith in all of our once trusted institutions... uh, ...the judiciary, the media, the academy, law enforcement, government, democracy itself and institutions of worship. In the Christian church our fretting has reached epidemic levels and the reasons are obvious... In the mainline church, just 16% of worshippers are under 30, and more than a quarter are over 65. This week, across the US, over 100 churches will close. In the Episcopal Church, we are losing 34,000 members a year, and in the last 10 years, attendance has declined by a quarter. All this was true 18 months ago. Then came the pandemic to add to our confusion, if that were possible. You see, today is the year that King Uzziah died. We mourn the death of old certainties, ancient truths, boring predictability when society was stable and when all we had to do was unlock the doors on Sunday to enjoy a full church. But if God can invade his temple in 742 BC, then why can't he crash our churches, our communities, our grieving broken hearts now, today? And why can he not set apart you and me for a magnificent task? Because when God does break in and break out, he utters that life-transforming question. Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? When we think of God calling people, we can picture nuns and priests, uh, missionaries in the developing world. But for most of us, the truth is less glamorous than that. God is probably not asking you to cross national boundaries. It's likely that the most exotic place you will be called to is your own neighbourhood. Who will go to the rest home and talk to lonely people in a post-pandemic Union County? Who will serve meals to hungry people in Elizabeth and Plainfield? Who will shape young lives by teaching Sunday School? Who will make a difference by speaking up against discrimination and injustice in all its forms? Who will change our parish and our wider communities by volunteering? Whom will I send to the grieving person who has lost someone to COVID? Whom will I send to the shut-in who has no transport to visit the doctor? Whom shall I send to the infirm and the sick? Whom will I send to tutor the nine-year-old in reading? Whom will I send to my next-door neighbour? Whom will I send to the school board meeting to speak up for better education for our children? Whom will I send to City Hall to protest the treatment of the poor and the disadvantaged? Whom will I send to the friend who needs intervention? Whom will I send? What will your answer be? May the God who is three and who is also one who issues us the call and gives us the ears to hear it, give us also hearts that are ready to announce, Here am I, send me.